Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the pastor's study. Sometimes somebody says, you know, I pray, but I don't really have, have much to say to the Lord. I mean, it doesn't last very long because what do I say? What do I pray for? I'm glad you asked that question. What I'm going to share with you for the whole sermon, 19 things the Bible says you and I should be praying for. So you might want to get a pen and pencil and jot 19 things down that you're, you and I are supposed to pray for. Before we talk about prayer, let's pray. Father, we do want to pray that each of us listening to this program would have a deep prayer life. And God, teach us how to pray and what you would have us pray for now. Open our ears, we pray. And Lord, help us pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's do a little audience participation. I'll read the verse, and then you tell me what you're supposed to pray for according to that verse. Number one, Paul writes in Romans 10, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, his Jewish brothers, is that they may be saved. What's the first thing we should pray for? For people to be saved. I mean, I was, I was raised Lutheran, and it wasn't until I was 20 years old till I knew what it meant to be saved, that we're saved by Christ, not by our good works. And when I discovered that, way back when I was 20, I wrote down three pages full of people, family and friends, that I want to be saved. I pray for these people a lot. In fact, the one thing I probably pray more for than any other single thing is that the people on these lists get saved. And some of them have, some of them haven't, but by the grace of God, I'm going to pray for these people until I die. Do you do that? Do you, pray, do you have people you pray for their salvation? When somebody says, you know, pray for my mother who's sick, I, I will do that but I always pray for their mother's salvation because what's the use of grandma to get her body healed if she's going to go to hell? So when you pray for people and their healing, etc., also pray for their salvation. Second thing to pray for, see if you can catch it from Psalm 122. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What do we pray for? We pray for the Jews. In fact, when Paul said back in Romans 10 that we just mentioned that he prays for the lost, he was talking about praying for his Jewish brothers to come to know Christ. And that was not anti-Semitic. Paul was Jewish himself. You know, there's an evil heresy going around the church today that it's anti-Semitic to try to bring the Jews to Christ. No. Listen, the most anti-Semitic thing you can do is withhold Jesus from the Jews. Uh, the ELCA Lutheran Church is very liberal. It has a liberal magazine called The Lutheran. But now and then you find the truth in the letters to the editor. They had an article about some Jewish leaders signing a statement saying that Jews don't need to believe in Christ to be saved. The letter to the editor goes like this. I was disturbed to read that some ELCA Lutheran leaders signed a document stating Jews do not need Jesus for salvation. I was raised in the Jewish faith. I accepted Jesus as my Messiah. It was the most difficult decision of my life, one not possible without the Holy Spirit. It was like flipping on a light switch after stumbling in the dark for 28 years. 
To say Jews don't need Jesus is to ignore the Old Testament passages that prophesy the New Covenant. It is to dishonor Christ's atoning work on the cross. And it is to ignore much of the New Testament. And it disregards the eternity of Jewish people's souls. Of course Jews need Jesus to be saved. Gentiles, everybody needs Jesus to be saved. So pray for the Jews. <clears throat> Next thing to pray for, see if you can catch it. Matthew 9, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What do we pray for? The next thing? Pray for God to send out laborers. Pray for the missionaries. I hope everybody watching this show has a church and that you go to that church. And I hope your church supports missionaries. Uh, I have a list of missionaries. And I pray for the missionaries normally on Monday, and I just list them before the Lord. Lord, protect them, etc. Use them for people's salvation, protect their marriages, bless their health, their emotional life, etc. Do you pray for the missionaries? There's a story told of a young couple that was going to, excuse the language, the hellhole of Africa where missionaries would go and die of disease. But they felt led by the Lord to go. So they stood before the church and said, we feel like we're being let down into a deep pit as we move overseas, but would you hold up the ropes as we're being lowered down into that pit? In other words, would you pray for us regularly? Well, the couple goes overseas, they have their mission, and a couple years later, the missionary man sneaks back into town, comes back on furlough, sneaks into the back of the church while the Wednesday night prayer meeting is going on. At the end of the prayer meeting, he came to the front of the church. He was very thin. People barely recognized him, but he was their missionary. And he said, I listened to your prayer meeting tonight. You prayed about yourselves. You prayed about your building. You prayed about uh, your neighborhood, but you didn't hold up the ropes. I've buried my wife and my child in Africa, and now I am ill. You didn't hold up the ropes. Do you pray for missionaries? Do you have specific missionaries that you pray for? If you don't go to church, you've got to go to church. And I hope you've got missionaries in your church that you pray for. Next thing to pray for, see if you can catch it. 1 Timothy 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. What do we pray for? <clears throat> Fourth thing is we pray for those in authority. Boy, do we need to pray for our government. The United States is changing. Have you noticed? This nation is just morally going down the tubes. We need to pray for a president, for a Supreme Court, for a senator, for a Congress that protects human life, that's for traditional marriage, one man, one woman. And God, please put the right people in office. Do you pray for your government? Next thing to pray for, <clears throat> Jesus said, Luke 6, Bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Next thing to pray for, pray for people who mistreat you. I have a, a friend who I've known for many years, and she says when she gets to the point in the Lord's Prayer where it says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, she says, I stop. And if there's anybody I haven't forgiven, I, I forgive them right then and there in prayer before I pray the rest of the Lord's Prayer. I remember going to a church service one Wednesday night, and a girl got, a young woman got up and said, you know, 
I have an enemy and I've been having mental, emotional problems because I've had such bitterness toward this person. I went to my Christian counselor. The Christian counselor said, start praying for that enemy regularly. Regularly pray for that person. And she said, it's changed me. I felt the burden lifted. Prayer has helped. So pray for the people that are bothering you. Next thing to pray for, from Luke 22, it says, When Jesus came to the Mount of Olives, he said to the disciples, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So what's the next thing you pray for? Pray that you may not be tempted. That doesn't mean you won't be tempted, but you're praying you won't, and that'll prevent a lot of it. But if you are tempted then, at least you're kind of prepared for it because you've been praying about it. Pray that you won't be tempted. Next thing to pray for, from Philippians 1, Paul writes, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Did you catch that one? Pray that your love may abound. We're not very loving creatures on our own. We human beings are sinful and wicked and self-centered, and I don't love people much. I, I don't love God much or others much. I like me. <laughs> so if we're going to really truly love God and others, we've got to pray, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me be loving. Pray for God to make you a loving person. Next thing to pray for from James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously without reproaching, and it will be given him. Did you catch that one? Next thing we pray for is for wisdom. Do you need guidance about something? God, do I marry this person or that person? Do I move to California and take that job or not? Uh, do I go to this church or that church? All the wisdom thing, you pray, God, give me wisdom. And then you pray the next thing in that verse. Here's the next thing we pray for, for the rest of uh, James chapter 1. Let him ask for wisdom in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, will receive anything from the Lord. Did you catch that? The next thing we pray for? We pray for faith. So when you pray for wisdom, you say, God, I have faith you're up there. You're hearing this prayer, and you promise in James chapter 1, if I lack wisdom and I ask in faith that you give it. So God, I'm asking in faith. I'm trusting you. Now that's not saying you know when he's going to tell it to you or how he's going to tell it to you. But God, you promised in James chapter 1, if I ask in faith, you're going to show me, so I'm waiting on you. And then God will do it in his time. So we pray for faith. Next thing to pray for. Luke 11, Jesus said, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Here's the next thing we pray for. For the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, Christians have the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit through baptism. And, and we, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he promises never to leave you. But you can quench the Spirit, according to the Bible. You can press him down. So we need to pray, God, fill me with your Spirit today. May I not quench you. May you fill me. <laughs> Here's a woman sitting in church. And the man in front of her is, is, is loudly worshiping, Oh, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. And the woman sitting behind him, who was his next-door neighbor, knew him and said, Oh, Lord, don't do it. He leaks. <laughs> you know what the truth is? We all leak, which is why we need to be praying, God, fill me today with your Holy Spirit. Next thing we should pray for, from Luke, uh, John chapter 17, Jesus in Gethsemane, now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, Father, and I am coming to thee. Holy Father, keep them in thy name which you have given me, that they may be one, 
even as we are one. Did you catch the next thing to pray for? Pray that the church may be one. Do you pray for that for your church? Do you know some churches split over what color the carpeting should be? Some churches fight, fight, fight. Do you pray for you? First of all, do you go to a church? Do if you don't. And then start praying, God, may there be love and unity in the church. Give the elders and the deacons. And give, may there be unity among the staff. Uh, Jesus tells us to pray for unity in the church. Next thing to pray for, John chapter 17, again in Gethsemane. I do not pray that you would take them, the disciples, out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. The next thing we pray for, that the church may be kept from the evil one. Can I tell you how grieved I am that the devil is running some of the churches now? <laughs> the ELCA Lutheran Church pays for abortions with offering dollars, and it's abortion for any reason, no questions asked. The ELCA Lutheran Church now ordains practicing impenitent homosexuals. The Presbyterian Church USA pays for abortions with offering dollars. The Presbyterian Church USA uh, a couple years ago followed suit and joined the ELCA in ordaining practicing homosexual pastors. The United Church of Christ is even worse. The Episcopal Church is even worse. These are churches that used to be good Bible-believing churches and they've compromised the Word of God. I was, I was touring the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. I think it's the biggest church in the country. It's a huge building. It's owned by the Episcopal Church. I'm watching the docent take a group of high school students through the building, explaining the building. And the docent says, you know, Episcopalians used to believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We don't believe that anymore. And I'm thinking, why don't you? Because you don't believe the Bible anymore. And to see these high school students just being led astray by this Episcopalian, I mean, the devil is running some of the churches. Pray that God would answer Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. God, keep them from the evil one. Pray for the Episcopal Church. Pray for the ELCA Lutheran Church. Pray for the Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church of Christ. These churches are going downhill, and they're losing all kinds of members, and they should. Next thing to pray for. Same prayer in Gethsemane. Jesus says, John 17, Father, sanctify them. That, makes, that means make them holy. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. So here's the next thing you pray for, that we might be sanctified or made holy by God's word. I was talking with a professor, a, a seminary professor, and he sees our TV show, and he says, Tom, you get so negative. You get so bummed out about the state of the church. Yes, the American church is a mess, but you've got to turn your eyes to what's happening in Asia and what's happening in Africa. The gospel is spreading like wildfire over there, and it's biblical Christianity. It's not this liberal, maligned mess called American Christianity. The people in Africa that believe are Bible-believing Christians, people in Asia, and the gospel really is spreading. So that's what we need to pray. God made the truth, made the church be sanctified by your truth in America, but all over the world. Next thing to pray for, again from Gethsemane prayer, John 17. I do not pray for these disciples only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Did you catch that? Next thing to pray for, pray that the world may believe because of us. Often in the morning I will pray, Lord, today use me to share you with one other person. 
Next thing to pray for from Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, Make supplication for all the saints and also for me that utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Did you catch that? The next thing to pray for, pray for the preacher's boldness. Pray that we preachers don't wimp out. I was asked to come do the prayer at a pro-life dinner some time ago. And the lady said to me, well, you know, Pastor, a lot of Christians are there, but there's Jewish people, et cetera, other there. So please, would you come say the prayer, but just don't end the prayer in Jesus' name. <laughs> I basically said, you got the wrong guy. If, you, if I can't pray in Jesus' name, I don't come. <laughs> and she said, well, I'll have to talk to the committee. And she called me back and said, okay, you can come. <laughs> and I prayed in Jesus' name. But pray that we, we preachers are under pressure to compromise. Pray that we don't. I mean, I, I will tell you that there used to be a Methodist preacher here in the Twin Cities who had a call-in, live call-in radio show. Sadly, he committed suicide. But he used, to, he used to compromise on everything. There's no hell. There's no devil. Jesus is one way to be saved, but there are other ways to be saved, too. Of course, homosexuality was fine. It was a call-in show. Finally, I could take it no longer. And I was polite, but I called in live. And my basic point to him was, could you please take a biblical stand on something? <laughs> Oy. Um, you know, I, I, I was at a Catholic pro-life group thing, and, and, somebody, and I spoke, and some lady came up to me afterwards. She said, you know, Pastor, we've had the same priest for 15 years. He has never once preached against abortion. We've got to pray that we preachers will have boldness because it's hard. I mean, I had a couple uh, at the, in the office. They were fornicating, living in sin, and they want me to marry them. And I said, well, I will, but you've got to repent of your sin, move apart for six months, then we'll get you in the life of the church. But if you, could, if you expect to keep sinning and ask me to bless it, I can't do it. And I'm glad I held the line. I'm glad I said that what I did. But by the time they left the office, I was pooped. It's emotionally draining. Pray that your pastor has the boldness. I mean... Some years ago, when I was serving Hope Lutheran Church, the elders got a letter from an older couple in our church. They attended Hope some, but normally they went to this big liberal Lutheran church across town. And they, they were complaining about me. And they said uh, the, to the elders, why can't Pastor Brock just preach nice sermons like we hear at our other church? And God bless my elders who wrote them back saying, we don't want nice sermons. We want sermons based on the Word of God, and, and we want pe people to hear the truth whether they feel it's nice or not. <laughs> so, listen, your job as a Christian, my job as a Christian, we need to be humble, we need to be tender and gentle with people, but we need not to compromise. Pray for the preacher's boldness when you go to church on Sunday. Next thing to pray for. Colossians 3, pray for us also, says Paul, that God may open to us a door for the Word. Next thing to pray for, pray for an open door. You know, maybe there's somebody you want to talk to about Jesus, but it's just not happening. Pray that somehow God will open the door. I'll give you an example. I'm flying to Cancun years ago for vacation. I'll, and I, there was a man next to the window, a young man, a young woman next to him, and me. Neither of them had wedding rings on. And the plane takes off, and I start praying, Lord, you know, may I be able to share the gospel with her. She turns to me and, and says, well, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a preacher. And she said, oh, I'm Catholic. I said, okay, uh-huh. And uh, 
And then I wanted to start talking to her about Jesus somehow, and it was not coming up. Every time the conversation got close, she changed it or whatever. So I just kind of sat there under my breath saying, okay, Lord, you somehow make this happen. And she turns to me and she says, well, pastor, what do you think about all this premarital sex going on in America? And I thought, that's a little door. And I said, well, you know, the Bible does say, 1 Corinthians 6, fornicators don't go to heaven. It's a sin. At this point, she pulls the arm of her boyfriend and says to me, now you say that again, I want him to hear it. <laughs> so I said it again, and you could tell by his expression, he didn't like it. He turned back to looking out the window. And she and I had the longest, deepest talk about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, repentance. And you know what she said to me? My Catholic mother begged me not to come on this trip, and I think her prayers put you in that seat. And we got off the plane, and believe it or not, for like two days, I spent a lot of time with this couple, able to share the gospel with them a lot. I don't know what they ever did with it. I, years later, I was doing a funeral, and he was the funeral director, and they'd broken up or whatever. But you know, what I learned from that is, when it doesn't seem to be coming up, pray that the Lord will open a door for you to share the gospel. Next thing to pray for, Colossians 4.18, Paul says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. You know the next thing you pray for? For persecuted Christians. Paul was writing that from jail. We're going to put on the screen now the address of International Christians Concerned. I get their free newsletter every month. I encourage you to write and get it. The, they will tell you what to do every month to pray for persecuted Christians. Is International Christians Concern, 2020 Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest, Box 941, Washington, D.C. The quick and easy thing to do is just call them, 1-800-ICC-5441. Say, I'd like to get your free newsletter, and they will tell you horror stories of what's happening to Christians in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Iran, especially in northern Korea. You'll read these heartrending stories, and you'll pray for them. Pray for the persecuted church. Next thing to pray for, 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul's prayer is, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Next thing to pray for, pray that we'd be preserved to the end. So many people become a Christian and then they leave it when it gets difficult. I, I, I'm, as a pastor, so many, I see so many kids get confirmed when they're 14 years old. Yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. They get in front of the church. I'm going to follow Jesus the rest of my life. I'm going to be in church following Christ the rest of my life. And in three months, they're out of there. They're, and, and I just met one of my confirmation students some time ago, and he's now a Unitarian. So we got to pray that people would not only believe in Christ, but pray that they would be persevering till the end. Last thing to pray. Romans 1, 8. First of all, says Paul, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all because of your faith being proclaimed throughout the world. He says, I thank. The last thing to do, remember to thank. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I got into a habit about 10 years ago. I'll do it before I go to bed tonight. I basically do it pretty much every night. Before you go to bed tonight, think back on the day and thank God for five things he did for you that day. Thanks that I had a healthy day. Thanks that that meeting went well. Thank you for my salvation. You know, you bring it up. But just before you go to bed tonight, pray that. Quickly then, what should you pray for? Let's sum it all up. For people to be saved, for the Jews, for God to send out missionaries. Pray for um, the uh, 
people in authority. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray you won't be tempted. Pray you will abound in love. Pray that you will have wisdom. Pray for faith. Pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Pray the church may be one. Pray that the church may be kept from the evil one. Pray for God to sanctify the churches in his word. Pray that all people would believe because of us. Pray for the preacher's boldness. Pray for an open door when you witness. Pray for persecuted church. Pray for perseverance to the end of your loved ones. And then remember to say thank you. And that's what you pray for. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where pa Pastor Tom and I share a few things. And today I'd like to just go off the beaten track. One of the things that Pastor Brock talked about that we should pray for is boldness. That's something the pastor's study is not afraid to pray for and will continue to try to be bold. Tom, you've been accused of actually saying hate speech for some of your stance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can we wrap up in two and a half minutes here? Mm -hmm. What's happening because of this? Everybody, I personally struggle with same-sex attraction. That's a temptation in my life. It's been for years, but by the grace of God, I'm a celibate and always have been. Because I believe homosexual behavior is a sin, Romans chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I get emails of that I'm hateful. And, be, and here's what I've learned, Jackie. Even if you do it as lovingly and kindly and tenderly as you can, if you take a stand against the gay activism, you're a hate monger, you're bigoted, you're prejudiced. All I can say is the people really who hate homosexuals are the people who are telling them to go ahead and get into the behavior because it can take years off of your life. And then there's eternity, Jackie. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's not just homosexuals, it's, it's heterosexual fornicators having sex outside of marriage. Everybody, I, I encourage you to do this. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. The loving people are the people that are warning them to turn from that and to come to Christ. And the pastor's study will not change its stance. It will continue to use biblical truths to fight for the things. And there is so much that we are fighting on the front right now that has gone beyond what the government is allowing to happen to take away our rights as Christians to profess what we believe. Yes, we gotta pray these days. We do. Yeah. So Pastor Brock, yep. we're going. Yep, everybody, what I wanna ask you to do, go to our website, pastorstudy.org. We pray for your support. We need support to stay on the air. So if you would, go to pastorstudy2spastorstudy.org. There's a way you can support us just by that. And mainly, support us by your prayers. We, we just need help to stay on the air. God can move his little finger and somebody can write a check for three million. <laughs> God's a big God. So pray for God's will for our ministry and pastorstudy.org. Go watch our TV shows and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.